You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing Mikel Arteta's bizarre press conference. Mikel Arteta faced the media today ahead of Arsenal's Carabao Cup tie with Manchester City tomorrow night. We're going to be dissecting some of what Mikel had to say. We're going to be talking about the situation at Arsenal in general. We'll be taking your comments and questions in the live chat. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see where it takes us. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you're listening to us via the audio platforms, be sure to leave us a review. You can also check out last night's live fans phone-in show where we took some of your calls to get your thoughts and your feelings on what is currently going on at the club. Um, really interesting show, as always, with a variety of different views and opinions. So check that out as well if you haven't already. Right, uh, without further ado, let's get into Mikel Arteta's press conference today. And there was one part, one segment of the press conference in particular that's got a lot of Arsenal fans talking and um, a lot of the wider football world talking actually as well, because Mikel Arteta opted to defend his team's position by referring to some statistics, to some statistics that, in my opinion, don't mean a great deal. I mean, yes, you can use, um, you know, you can use statistics to try and, and, and paint pictures and you can use them to assess things, but they're not. They're not the only thing that you should be looking at when assessing a team's performance, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think that there's something that you can use and there's something there is some value in. But to dominate your approach or, or to allow your approach, sorry, to be dominated by solely statistics, I think is wrong. And I think um, if that is what Mikel is doing, then it's no wonder that we're in the position that we're in. I, I'm not for a second suggesting that that is all that Mikel looks at. But the way he spoke today and the way he used certain statistics to try and make his kind of case about why his team are, are going for a really unlucky phase at the moment. I, I found a little bit, I just found it worrying. I just found it really, really worrying. Um, big hello to everybody watching us live at the minute. Ekene says, Harry, are you not going on 90 min this afternoon? I was on the show, mate, uh, but it was a pre-record. So that is going out, I'd imagine, probably sometime soon. Uh, so head over there and check that out. But I am on there. Um, it is a pre-record and the Arsenal section is right at the end. So you'll hear me have a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say a rant because it wasn't a rant. Um a little bit of a, what's the word, monologue on Arsenal or, or, or a little bit of therapy, just, you know, just trying to get it out there um, the way I'm feeling at the moment and how I feel about the situation in general. Uh, so, yeah, do check that out. Um, right. Let's let's get back on track. So the, the part of the press conference that I'm talking about, and I'm sure lots of you have seen it, Mikel was trying to explain the bad form or he was trying to kind of you know, paint a picture around 
the fact that we're we're unlucky and 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 this and that and and this is what he had to say he said when you look at the perspective of how we're losing football matches and how we are where we are it's pretty incredible last year against everton we won the game with 25% chance of winning supported by the stats we won 3-2 last weekend it was 67% chance of winning any premier league in history and 9% of losing and you lose 3% against Burnley and you lose 7% against Spurs and you lose. There is something else apart from that, that has to go our way. And at the moment it doesn't saying that it doesn't care because you lose. And the only thing that you care about is losing the match. And that's why we're here. The quotes are a little bit confusing. And I've just realized that by sort of reading that, but what Mikel was trying to say is that based on statistics, based on the data that his team have put together or the data that is put together centrally, whatever, that Arsenal have been unlucky to come away with the results that they have come away with in recent times. Now, I'm not going to go massive on this because I do kind of get where he's coming from in the sense of, I do think that, I, I do think that Arsenal deserved or have deserved more out of the last five or six games than they've actually got. Now, that's not to say that they deserve to win every single one of those games or that the performances are good enough or anything like that. But if you look at that game against Everton, Arsenal did deserve more, I thought, than to get beat. I thought Arsenal deserved more in the game against Spurs. And there's been a number of games like that where you look at them and you think, we weren't good today, but losing feels a little bit harsh. And um, and so I get where Mikel's coming from. I just think that people don't want to hear that kind of stuff right now, you know? And and I think with him coming out and saying that we're kind of unlucky or that we probably deserve a little bit more out of those games, I think there'll be Arsenal fans out there that, that disagree with it. Um, and I think there'll be some Arsenal fans out there that do agree with him. But to actually reel off the stats or, or the percentages or, or whatever it was that he reeled off, I don't even know what to call those um, because I haven't really heard a great deal about chances of losing games as a as a thing um, but to reel off those numbers the way he did I think will rub people up the wrong way because they will feel like it's just irrelevant um, hyperbole that Mikel is, is throwing out there to try and defend himself actually the reality is that you know you can be unlucky once you can be unlucky twice you can be unlucky lots of times but you, you can say we're unlucky but you can't look at any of those recent games any of those recent defeats and say we absolutely 100% did enough to win that game and just didn't win it. Um, there's There's been defensive fragilities. There's been poor finishing, a lack of creativity. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I think that Mikel is right when he says that we probably deserve more out of some of those games than we actually ended up with. But to try and use that as some kind of or to try and use those numbers as some kind of justification for Arsenal losing games and then making it out to be purely down to bad luck, I think is is not helpful at this time. And I think that there will be many Arsenal fans who will be up in arms about that and won't really be accepting of that. And I understand why. Um, I, I think that Mikel, to, to go to something like that, to, to pull that out of, his, out of his back pocket, suggests that he is feeling the pressure a little bit, suggests that, um, you know, he does pay more attention to the, the, the kind of, 
the goings on outside of the club than he than he would suggest. Um, he spoke in the in the thing about in the press conference about not reading, uh, not reading stuff, not reading comments, not paying a great deal of attention to that. And then when it was put to him um, about whether or not or about the sort of the, the rumoured disharmony behind the scenes and the fact that that could be having an impact. He said, no, I do pay attention to it. So he kind of changed his tune on that as well. So Mikel is well aware of the noises doing the rounds um, at, at the moment, I think, contrary to what he said. And I thought, actually, when it comes to his comments about reading what people are saying in the media, I thought he contradicted himself a little bit there. And that is a sign of someone who's rattled because he's not a stupid man, Mikel Arteta. He is, um, he is, um, he's a very intelligent man. I'm sure he'll be well aware um, of what's going on. And the easiest thing, the easiest way of a manager, um, you know, putting to bed rumours or, or putting to bed questions from the press, like the one he faced about, sort of players in his squad being unhappy with him and the the relationship breaking down. Best way to put those to bed is to pretend that you don't read it and to pretend that you don't know anything about it. And Mikel tried to do that. And then he kind of got sucked in by a later question, which you, you would argue triggered him a little bit and actually got him backpedaling a little bit in terms of what he'd previously said. So interesting to see Mikel um, in these press conferences now because he's a less calm, he's a less calculated um, figure than he was previously. I think he's he's tried to be honest throughout, but that honesty, um, that you know, you, you've got to try and work out when it comes to Premier League managers how much of it is genuine honesty, how much is it them playing a game, how much of it is them deflecting, how much of it is them trying to put out a fire, i.e., trying to make sure that they don't completely lose the fans, trying to protect some of their players. There's so many elements to to be in media trained nowadays. And, and there are some very clever journalists out there who will ask some very clever questions in a bid to get Mikel to slip up. And I thought he did slip up um, with the whole, um, about the whole sort of line of comments about him not reading what, what is being said about him and the team at the moment. Um, so I did think he slipped up a little bit there. It's interesting because, you know, Mikel has an opportunity now in the Carabao Cup to provide himself a little bit of respite. If Arsenal could pick up a result against Manchester City, that will give him a little bit of respite, at least until the weekend when Arsenal play Chelsea in the Premier League. But, you know, the pressure is mounting every single day. And and, and I just think like press conferences like this one are not going to help him in that sense because I think his biggest critics will look at that that load of numbers that he, he he rolled off and say it's absolute nonsense. And if it's not nonsense, then it's completely irrelevant. Um, and, and Mikel said it himself, didn't he? he? He said all of that stuff and then he goes, but it doesn't matter if you're losing football matches. Well, if it doesn't matter, why did you bring it up? He brought it up because he was trying to deflect. So it's, it's you know, it's like me saying, um, saying something, making an excuse for something and saying, oh, but the excuse doesn't matter. Then why did I make the excuse? It, it doesn't make sense for me. I think that um, he does look a little bit rattled. I feel like there is probably a, a breakdown in the relationship between him and some of the players. He said that um, he doesn't want Vic, um, 
doesn't look like he's going to give up on this fight just yet. Um, he doesn't look like a beaten man yet, but he does look like one that's under pressure. And and when we sort of sit and assess his press conferences and try and break down every sort of word that Mikel says, try and read between the lines, I think it's also important to remember that in comparison to some of his counterparts, and by counterparts, I mean those also managing big football clubs in this country, he's very inexperienced and he is... Um, he is going to struggle at times to 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 make the right comments in that in that sort of environment. And we're in a world nowadays where you know you'll find snippets of it, you'll find uh, quotes from it branded around social media, and people will react to them. I think you have to watch the whole thing in context uh, to understand it. I thought when I when I first heard it, um, because I I heard that particular line um, about the the percentages before I watched the full press conference and I thought, wow, this is strange. And then I watched it and I still think it's strange. I still think it was a pointless thing to say and a silly route to go down, but it is not as bad as, as when you just read, read that one particular quote or when you just listen to a soundbite. So like I said, I'm not going to go too big on it um, because he did, he did turn around and say, but it doesn't matter if you're losing football matches at the end. But I just thought it was a little bit strange. And, and a lot of people, I think, share that opinion. And I think you've probably gauged that from social media this afternoon by the number of Arsenal fans commenting on Mikel Arteta's comments uh, with regards to our chances, the percentage of our chances of losing certain games that we've ended up losing. Um, let's see what some of you guys are saying in the live comments as well. Um, and we'll come on to talk about some team news ahead of the game, um, uh, ahead of the game against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup tomorrow evening. Uh, big hello to Kevin Campbell. He says, hi, Harry. Hope all is well. Arteta needs the players to step up. God forbid the players actually stepping up and fighting for the club. Arteta has to do whatever he has to buy his time and get the deadwood out. Yeah, I think that we, we all recognise that Mikel is not, it is not the only issue at Arsenal Football Club at the moment. Do I think he's been perfect? No. Do I think he's made mistakes? Yes, I do. Um, but I think anyone sensible acknowledges that actually this is deeper. This is deeper um, than just Mikel Arteta. It's an issue in terms of the players. It's probably an issue in terms of further up the line as well. Edu, Vinay, you know, do they create the right culture? Uh, from which these players can succeed in. There's so much to take into consideration, I think. Uh, Jeff Talkington says, Harry, you're not a manager, are you? If you are, fair enough. But otherwise, you really can't comment on a new manager chosen by Arsenal FC. No, I'm not a manager. Um, I don't think any football journalist out there is a manager, but they all comment. And um, this is an opinion-based show, and I'm going to continue to share my opinions. And lots of you are tuned in to hear those and 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 to to debate those, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think any Arsenal fan, journalist, um, anyone who gives up any of their time or effort to follow this football club has a right to comment on what's going on at the football club right now. Um, and I, I don't care if I'm not a manager. You know, my job is to talk about football, and that's what I'm doing. And um, Therefore, I, I will continue to make those comments. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're saying am I qualified to comment on on how good Mikel Arteta is as a manager, I don't think it's that deep, mate. I don't think people need to go into it in that much detail. The fact of the matter is, is Mikel Arteta achieving currently at Arsenal what he was brought in to achieve? And and I 
can't say that he is. If you look at Arsenal's position in the table, 15th in the Premier League, that is absolutely unheard of. So I don't think it's unreasonable, unfair or or necessarily makes you underqualified if you're suggesting that actually Mikel is maybe not living up to what the club had hoped he'd be doing at this point. Um, let's say hello to John. He says, big up Harry, John from Dubai. Do you think the January transfer window will help Arteta turn around the season? Hopefully Partey will be fully fit by then. I do think when Thomas Partey comes back, it will make a massive, massive difference. I think, we, look, we've got a lot of issues at the moment and and we were absolutely rocked by the fact that um, Thomas Partey picked up that injury and then returned and then picked up another injury. It's really knocked us for six. We know the midfield needs improvement. We know that's an area um, in which we're looking to build and, and Mikel begun that build by bringing Thomas Partey in in the summer. It's just been unfortunate that a player who has had zero, pretty much zero injury issues um, throughout his Arsenal, throughout his football career, sorry, he has now come to Arsenal, and all of a sudden, um, we've been we've been hit by that. So definitely rotten luck in in that sense. Um, but a club the size of Arsenal have to be able to cope um, better than we've we've managed to cope without Thomas Partey. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, Marshall Ayub says. Uh, regarding Mikel's comments and or, that we were discussing a little bit earlier on, it shows that he's in fear of getting sacked. It certainly looks like he is um, a little bit more prickly, a little bit more nervous now than he has been previously. And understandably, when results continue to go bad and results continue to deteriorate, the longer this period of, you know, or the longer this period goes on, the longer we're gonna we're gonna see Mikel struggling and the longer we're going to see Mikel acting in this way I think that, that he's going to be feeling the pressure himself and you know as a manager don't you if you're under pressure or not really regardless of what the club are saying um, in, in terms of publicly Mikel will know that he's not achieving what he needs to be he'll know that our, his team are not at the level they should be um, he'll also be well aware that this squad contrary to what people say is better than being 15th in the division and um, he'll be well aware of that. And, and a lot of that pressure will be put on him by himself. Uh, but in terms of him fearing the sack, I think you, you do as a manager, you do generally know um, when your job is 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 on thin ice and, and whether the club is saying that or not. Chris says, hi, Harry. I honestly don't see where our next win is coming from. We are awful. William, Xhaka, Bellerin, Elneny, Mustafi holding. I could go on, but you get what I'm saying. He's out of his depth. Yeah, he, he is out of his depth, but you know, as you've just mentioned a load of players there, um, of which he brought in one. He brought in one of those players, so I do have sympathy for him when we're talking about, um, you know, certain players letting him down. And we were having this debate on the phone in yesterday that you know there were Arsenal fans coming on and saying that we expect Mikel to just dump all the senior players and start playing youth week in week out. The problem is here is that you can talk about dropping people and, and and people make it sound as though it's really, really easy to just to just tell all your senior players, you're not part of my plans anymore, push them all to the wayside and bring in a bunch of youngsters. At the end of the day, and I said this last night and I'll say it again, Reese Nelson hasn't proved that he's good enough to produce at the top Premier League level consistently. Neither has Joe Willock. Neither has... Uh, a number of those players, Emil Smith-Rowe, Fowler and Balogun, 
and and everybody's calling for them to be in the side as a manager would you put your faith in a bunch of kids that that aren't that haven't ever delivered and now uh, you know Eddie and Ketty are another one these players have never produced with any regularity at Premier League level so what makes you think that they would do a better job this is kind of my point it's not as though we've got standout players sitting around on the substitutes bench and Mikel's just point blank refusing to use them with the exception of Mesut Ozil who's definitely good enough to be in the squad but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole again um you know you're you're talking about replacing this current crop with unproven youth on 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 the most part and that isn't going to dig us out of a hole either in my opinion so I get why Mikel is is sticking with some of the players that he has stuck with he probably feels that with their experience that they could probably or that they probably stand a, a stronger chance of turning it around um, than than a bunch of kids would. And, and I think that's an absolutely fair opinion to have. Big hello to Anthony Richardson. He says, I love it when you wear your hair <laughs> backwards. Um, I'll I, I wear it just for you, mate, just for you. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, sorry, just scrolling through. The comments at GP says Arteta has gone mad. Um, Nicholas Holmes says Martinelli, Balogun, Saka and Pepe. Just let them play. Saka and Pepe are playing. Martinelli will probably play more now that he's back. Balogun, you know, we we spoke about this again last night. There have been so many rumours over the last few weeks about Balogun potentially leaving the club. Um, he hasn't committed his future to Arsenal Football Club yet. Therefore, you can probably understand why Arsenal are reluctant to use him at this point. If he is in talks with Liverpool, if he is discussing a move away, if he is digging his heels in about a new contract at Arsenal Football Club, why should he be given time ahead of people that aren't commit, uh, that are fully committed? That's kind of the point, isn't it? So I think with that one, you've got to be a little bit uh, more open-minded about what could potentially be going on behind the scenes um, and understand maybe that there are probably other reasons uh, that he's not getting the opportunities, uh, reasons that are not to do with his performances on the pitch. Uh, Neil Jones, he says, I, Harry, the Arsenal is no more. Let's just adapt to mid-table from now on. Shame on all the Wenger critics. This is what you get when you sack your greatest manager. Look, it, I think we all agreed at the time that it was time for Arsene Wenger to move on. I think we can all also agree that the way he was handed out of the club was wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, you make a great point when you look at where Arsenal find themselves now, this level of mediocrity, this level of, um, you know, struggling <laughs> was not something we saw under Arsene Wenger. And for all people used to say about him, we were never in this position in the Premier League by this point in the season. So, um, yeah, the, the treatment of Arsenal was harsh, I think. Hindsight is a is a wonderful thing. I think a lot of us knew it at the time. Um, others let their emotions take control. Um, he made lots of mistakes as well in the last few years of his tenure at Arsenal. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but you know we were, weren't in this state. So I think yeah, you, you you're right to you're right to make that point. Alex English says hi Harry Arteta's press conference is as bizarre as it can get. Yeah, it was a little bit weird, uh, a little bit strange. A little bit desperate, in my opinion. Um, and as some of you guys pointed out earlier on, it kind of just um, it kind of just highlights the the situation we find ourselves in right now, and the kind of mood um, 
among not just the players, but the manager as well. Uh, Harish Kumar says we should start playing youngsters because we right now are playing too slow, not moving quick enough. Um, Psycho Vibe says when everyone throws stats at you, you will in turn throw stats back. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, he's been going into press conferences and getting asked about the number of crosses that his team put in and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of get it. Um, Mikel definitely went into this press conference with with that up his sleeve um, because, uh, as you, you point out, rightly so, people have been kind of going on at him about stats in recent weeks and he probably felt um, that he needed to defend himself a little bit. And if stats are the way they're going, then why not battle back with some stats? Yeah. No, so it's a great point. Really, really good point. Hello to Miss Melina. How are you doing? Welcome to the stream. Uh, Russ says, fruity conversation on last night's video, Harry. Want to see if people in the chat haven't watched it yesterday. Yep. If you guys haven't seen um, yesterday's live fan phone-in show, check it out now. It's available on the channel. It's also available in audio format. Uh, don't forget to like it, subscribe, share, leave a review, whatever, depending on which platform it is you're listening to it from. Uh, but really appreciate your support and would love to hear your feedback on it as well. So do check it out. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Stavros says, Arteta, time is running out. Go now. Thank you. Um, Ibrahim Saeed says, what do we have to lose this season? Might as well give Arteta and he should trust the youngsters and aim for the Europa League. I, I think what you're trying to say is we should give Arteta more time. Um, yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know anymore about this. I, I don't know. You know, I two, three weeks ago, I would have said the same thing, but with each passing week, my faith is waning in Mikel Arteta and I'm starting to worry about whether he has the, the experience and the know-how to get us out of this situation. That's not to say, as I've said previously, that I don't think Mikel will go on to be a good coach at some point in his career, but I just feel like this was a massive job to take. Not only was it a huge club, but it was one in desperate need of a rebuild and for a first job, mate, Mikel must have really, really backed himself to take this. Um, I think he would have known it was a difficult challenge when he first took the reins, but I feel like more and more has happened, more and more has unraveled um, in the last year and, and things, like Mikel says, have hit him that he didn't expect to be um, having to deal with and having to deal with those has obviously added another layer of challenges. Uh, to what was already going to be difficult for someone going into their first job. Uh, Matthew Beaumont says, hey, Harry, do you think it's too early to give up on Pepe? I'm having major doubts about him now and probably looking to take a loss of on him if we tried to sell him on. Um, I think it's clear that Pepe's not playing with any confidence at the moment. He's not playing with a smile on his face. He doesn't look happy. I don't think that the way we're playing as a team helps him. Um, I don't think that, that Nicolas Pepe necessarily wants to be at Arsenal right now uh, for a number of reasons. I don't think he feels like he's got the full support of his manager because even when he does play well, he's left out afterwards. I still think there's a player in there, though, and I still think that when you compare his sort of contributions in terms of direct goal involvements to some of the other players that we've got in those wide areas, the Nelsons, the the Williams, that you know those guys. He still performs to a better level than them, and I think that's often forgotten. I think the price tag certainly didn't help Nicolas Pepe, and and it's only made things 
more difficult for him. I, I'm not completely giving up on him, but if people are, I understand why. Um, it, it just doesn't look like a good fit. Never really has from the day he walked in, um, which is a problem. Ekene Ogbolo says, Harry, I totally agree with you in a lot of issues, but you talk like those British journalists who make a mountain out of a molehill to have a headline. Arteta said those stats mean nothing. If those stats mean nothing, why has he sat in front of the world's press to reel them off? This is my point. It's no good saying something and then saying, oh, you know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Well, why say it in the first place? Why say it in the first place? If it wasn't, if he didn't want to put it across, if it means absolutely nothing to him, why say it? He said it because he wanted to make the point. And then he tried to backtrack a little bit by um, by sort of suggesting that, although he said that, although he's just obviously gone into the press conference and memorised those stats, he's now decided that actually, but they don't really mean a great deal. Oh, I'm not buying that. Um, I'm not buying that. I don't think it's it's making a mountain out of a molehill. I think it's discussing the comments of, of Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal manager, and comments that I found a little bit strange and comments that I found, you know, a little bit unnecessary. You know, if it's so unnecessary, if it's so um, insignificant, if they're not important, like he then went on to say, then why bring them up in the first place? Just classic Mikel Arteta just sitting on the fence, I think. Um, Ibrahim Saeed says, would you take Genduzi or Torreira back on loan? I think that we could really do with Matteo Genduzi right now. But the problem is that given the relationship between Genduzi and Arteta at this moment in time, if, if, if we were to try and call him back, I don't even know if we're able to do that. I'm not sure what the clauses are on the, on the loan deal. But if we were to do that, would Matteo Genduzi want to return to help Mikel Arteta? Would he want to come back? and try and get Mikel Arteta out of a hole after all that's gone on between the two. Difficult to say, isn't it? Really, really difficult to say. Uh, Mafia Boss says the club is too big for his boots. Um, it is a massive football club, and it does feel very much like um, like he's just taking the job too soon. Uh, Nana says, I don't know why Arsenal can't play, without, can't play well without Partey if we weren't playing well without him before. Um, Bad Boy says a lot of Allegri planning to replace Arteta rumours today. I can't see Allegri coming. I'd like to see Allegri come. Um, but I just, I, I don't see it at this moment in time. I, somebody like Max Allegri would, would come to the club and, and want to be backed. He'd want to be backed to the point where he'd be able to turn this ship around. And I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, Arsenal would be able to make those guarantees right now. And not just because of, of sort of the way the club's being run or just purely down to internal measures. The global pandemic has had an impact. And a lot of Arsenal fans sit there and go, oh, you know, this is nonsense. Why do people go on about it? Why do people actually make an issue of it? The club have got loads of money. No, it, it has had an impact. It's had an impact on every single football club in the world. Um, so I do think that, you know, if even even if we were to attract someone like Max Allegri in terms of what they would get as a salary and, and, and stuff and their bonuses and all of that stuff, it would be about proving to them that they would have the tools to get to, to work on this project. And I think somebody like Arteta, who didn't have the clout that, that Allegri would have, given he's a new manager, will be a lot more willing to take 
certain circumstances and work under certain circumstances than somebody as seasoned and as successful as Max Allegri. So it's, um, there's a lot of rumours about it, but I just right now I just can't see it. I just really can't see it. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying at the moment. Uh, DVV says, what is your opinion on him having two right backs on the bench on Saturday instead of one of the kids? I think you're right. Um, I think that was uh, another strange decision in a long line of strange decisions that we've seen from Mikel uh, in the last few weeks. And we're, we're wondering why we're in this position um, and why there seems to be this disharmony within the camp where there are a lot of weird decisions. And um, you can understand why people like yourself are raising some of those questions because you're, you're right. Would you need two spare right backs on the substitutes bench for? Um, Paul J says this rubbish about most of the players aren't his players. No manager is hired to only perform when he has sold the current squad and replace it with his own choices. Complete nonsense. Yes, yeah, absolutely right. Part of being a manager is working with the tools at your disposal. Uh, how many managers have gone into a club, um, and turned around the, the whole starting 11 within one transfer window. And then, and, and that was that. No, you, you know, you need to, you will get time to build your squad over the next three or four years. But as I've said time and time again, when you're playing for a club or when you're, sorry, managing a club as big as Arsenal Football Club, you have to be getting a certain standard, a certain level of results along the way to to, to earn that time. You you need to earn the right to have that time. And to do that, you need to be hitting a minimum standard. And we can all agree with Arsenal languishing down in 15th place in the Premier League, they're absolutely not achieving that standard. Uh, Dan says, do you do watch-alongs? No, I don't, mate. Um, I have done in the past. <sighs> I've got to be honest, I do enjoy doing them. But at the same time, I also enjoy sitting down and, um, you know, watching watching the game in peace and, and in full concentration and with family or whatever and, and friends and stuff so yeah maybe it's something that we could put into the put back on in the future if people are interested in them um but at the moment no uh no watch alongs at the minute um chris says i agree with you harry it isn't all of our tests fault but going from being a number two at city and being offered a job at a huge club is a big no for me uh zissi says i agree that we have unproven youths waiting in the youth however Torreira, balligan saliba must surely be considered. Um, the Mesut Ozil thing coming up again. Uh, Srinidhi says Arteta should play Ozil. Um, Aaron says, hey, Harry, do you think that Oba actually has a calf injury or is Arteta playing it safe for Chelsea? I think this is interesting. I think we probably will see him back for the Chelsea game. Um, I've got to be honest. Uh, I'm not, you know, there's a lot of people sitting there going, uh, there's more to this and there's maybe a bit of a, a bit of another issue going on in the background that we're not aware of and, and, and trying to make sense of it and trying to understand. And obviously Aubameyang's not been in great form and he's look, his body language has been questionable. And I feel like it's too convenient to just say that, um, you know, something's gone on behind the scenes and that's why he's really not playing. So I'm not going to really get drawn into that. But in answer to your question, Aaron, I, I think there is probably a slight injury. And I think that, yeah, well, we know he's not going to play in the Carabao Cup game but I do expect him to return uh, for the game against Chelsea, unless we hear otherwise, of course, between now and then. Uh, 
the overlord of procrastination says good point on Balogun not getting a game mate yeah look i'll just quickly repeat that for for those guys um you know for those guys that have just joined the stream Balogun may not be playing because Balogun won't commit his future to Arsenal at the moment. Balogun is is rumoured to be in discussions with a number of other clubs. If the kid is talking to Liverpool, uh, which is one of the things that we're hearing um, quite a bit at the moment, then why would you be picking him for Arsenal? Um, his head's obviously elsewhere at the minute. So, uh, you know, again, look, we can comment, we can speculate on a lot, but if we don't know the full ins and outs of certain things, it is difficult to make an accurate assessment. And I do think that, uh, Balogun's future is probably, or the uncertainty around Balogun's future is probably playing a part in him being overlooked. I've got to be honest. Um, guys, quick reminder, if you haven't already, I should have done this earlier, but we just got carried away talking. Let's have a quick check-in. Uh, make sure you hit that like button if you haven't already. can see um, there's over uh, over 250 of you watching us right now across the multiple platforms. And to all of those of you that are going to be joining us later on, welcome. Um, Smash the like button on the video if you haven't on whatever platform it is you're watching us from. Uh, leave us a review if you're listening via the audio and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, John says, hi, Harry. Great return comment to Jeff. Got to agree with you on most things. I do believe he has made a boo-boo with the exclusion of Saliba. And I do believe the team selection is a manager issue. I've also heard that Arteta tells them not to play from the back. Uh, tells them, sorry to play from the back. I think the mistake there is we are not your man City boys under Arteta with company and co. We have a useless Lewis, a terrible Bellerin, uh, an uncertain Leno. It's an uphill battle, I think. Xhaka, Elneny, Mustafi, Bellerin. Um, the comment just cut out there. But yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. I get your drift. And, um, you know, yeah, there is a danger, isn't there, of trying to play in a certain way when you don't have the tools to do that. And Mikel's got to find the balance now or he's had to find a balance for a while between doing what is going to get us the best results, but also um, trying to implement something for the longer term. And and that's where uh, the biggest difficulty is. But right now we're in dire straits. And right now I think you have to put everything else to the side, sweep it all off the table for a minute and just get back to focusing on what is going to get us results to stop this slump. That's uh, That's my view. Uh, Robert Jones says, we just have to ride these hard times. I honestly think Arteta can turn this around. He has the club's best interests at heart. Yeah, look, I don't for a second think that Mikel Arteta, um, for a second think that Mikel Arteta's intentions are not right, that Mikel Arteta is not tr desperately trying to turn this around. Uh, but he is struggling at the moment. And, um, you're right. We, you know, as football fans, we experience hard times and difficult times. It's just, I think, a lot of us felt that we were moving forward under Mikel Arteta after that FA Cup win. And the reality is that since then, we're, we've, we've been regressing. And um, it's a concern. It's um, disappointing. It's hard to take. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's hope that this uh, this period ends sooner rather than later. Uh, Troy says, I've heard the geezer who runs the burger stall outside the Emirates has applied for the job as the manager. Let's hope not because he's burgers. Uh, are delicious. Wouldn't want to lose them. Uh, Foddy says, hi, Harry. Apart from being inexperienced from the spine down, we also have a delusional manager. Um, <laughs> not a fan of Mikel then. Uh, Marco Arigoni says, I want Bella and, and Xhaka gone in January. Who would you like to see go? Um, I'd like to see us move on a lot of these players whose contracts are coming to an end at the end of the season. Um, the Socrates, the, the, the Mustafis, the, the Ozil's, 
you know, either you're going to use them, you're going to keep them as part of your plans or you're going to move them on. Um, and I just don't like uncertainty. That's what I don't like when it comes to players and their futures. I hate uncertainty. And um, it feels like we've got a little bit too much of that in the squad at the moment. I think that Bellerin has been bad recently. Um, I think that Xhaka has been bad recently. And, um, you know, we, we need to upgrade on those players eventually. But I don't think they're the only problem. And I think that they are a couple of the names that people tend to scapegoat. Now, it's not to say that they don't deserve some criticism, but there are others who deserve an equal amount of criticism that don't get it. There is a lot of scapegoating in this fan base. There is a lot of finger pointing at certain players. And it seems to be the same players week in, week out. And when they do perform, they don't get the praise. Uh, but of course, when the team failed to perform, they're the first ones that get singled out. And Marco, I think that those two names that you've mentioned are two of the prime examples of that. Are they good enough for the long term? Do I want to see them playing for Arsenal for the next three, four seasons? Absolutely not. Um, but we need to rebuild this squad and we're going to need to do that gradually over a period of time we hoped in the summer that Arsenal were going to move out a load of Deadwood, a load of shit players, get them off the books, move them on. We were going to be able to sell them, get a bit of money in the door. But that wasn't to be. It wasn't to be for a number of reasons. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we're going to have to wait and see um, who we can move out. And, and, and look, when you talk about moving players on, it's about the demand for them as well, isn't it? You, you need somebody to come in and be interested in signing those players. Otherwise, how do you move them on? Um, so, yeah, you need the demand to be there as well. Paul Murphy says, I often read a lot of criticism of holding. Am I missing something? He's good in the A's. Passing is good and he plays with passion. Got stick for the Spurs game, but was left exposed by Bellerin. Yeah, in the Spurs game, he was definitely exposed by uh, by Bellerin. I think holding has good games and I think holding has bad games. For me, with holding, I don't look at him and I think he's dreadful or he's that bad or, or you know, he can never do a job. I just, I look at Rob Holding and I don't see a top-class centre-half and we need a top, we need top class center halves. You know, if you want to compete at a very top end of the Premier League, you need a good standard of center half. And, and Arsenal just don't have that at the moment. I think Gabriel's been good this season. Um, it's been one of the bright sparks actually, um, in, in, in this side this season. But, you know, it's not for me when it comes to holding. I, I don't think he's complete shit. I don't, you know, want him necessarily to even leave the club or anything like that i just want to i just don't think he's he's amazing um and i just think he's a good premier league defender and nothing more than that and, and we need better than good at the moment chris giorgio says hey harry love your shows what's more likely big sam hammering the final nail in arteta's coffin or you trimming that beard of yours in 2021 this is nothing you should have seen it three four weeks ago it was out here um i just we're not going anywhere are we i just not going anywhere. We don't see anyone. We don't get to go out. Um, so yeah, I'll just leave it. But look, Big Sam was a, was an absolute mess of an appointment by West Brom, in my opinion. Some people would disagree. Um, I thought it was extremely harsh that they sacked Slavin Bilic in the way they did. West Brom squad is pants. It's a championship squad. What did they expect Slavin to achieve this season? And I, do, I would love to see them get relegated now and kill that record of Sam Allardyce's because make no mistake about this. This is a much difficult, a much more difficult task for Sam than he's had in previous years. People talk about his time at Sunderland and other clubs. He had decent players there. He doesn't have decent players at, at West Bromwich Albion. He really, really doesn't. Um, and you saw yesterday that new manager bounce, not quite there. Um, I know he, he didn't have long, but you know, 
normally when you make a managerial change like that is to get a bit of an instant upturn and they didn't obviously get one in that game against Aston Villa. Um, and uh, I, I don't see West Brom surviving this season. So, uh, yeah, um, fingers crossed he's not the one to hammer the final nail in Arteta's coffin because uh, I can't stand Big Sam. But um, definitely overrated. Um, definitely not going to keep West Brom up, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the beard will continue to grow. <laughs> uh, Ariane says, didn't Favre just get sacked from Dortmund? Do you think he would suit at Arsenal? He works extremely well with young players and we have loads of them. I, I'm not 100% show, mate, uh, sure, mate. Um, I'm not 100% sure because... I haven't watched a great deal of, of, of Lucien Favre's Dortmund. I covered a bit of the Bundesliga at the, when football first restarted. Um, saw a fair amount of, of them then, and I thought they looked a really, really good side, but they have some really top players there. And and so it was impossible to work out, just based on a couple of games, how much of an impact Lucien Favre had had on that and how much of an influence he did. Look, he's been sacked, so obviously things weren't going uh, as uh, as the club would have liked, and and you uh, you need to take that into consideration as well. Um, I'm starting to lean towards the opinion of Arsenal need to make some sort of change, but let's um let's see if they're going to do it first, and if they are, um, who it will be. Not a name I'd I'd pick out though, Lucien Favre, not for me anyway. Uh, Ibrahim says, Harry, your thoughts on Rafael Benitez as a manager or in a sports director's role? I think Rafa would be great at steadying the ship right now. And I think that's what we need, particularly if these results continue for a couple more weeks. I think we're going to need that, um, that calming. Uh, is, is that the word, word calming? Uh, no, I think we're going to need, we're going to need someone to come and steady the ship. And, um, uh, and Rafa is certainly someone with the experience and the tactical now, in my opinion, to be able to do that. Uh, Marshall says, Harry, your show is very slept on you, bro. Am I reading that right? You undoubtedly deserve more subs, at least one million. One million, I wish. Uh, keep up the great work, bro. You will be big. Love and support the great content. Much love from a Liverpool fan. Thank you for tuning in, mate. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already uh, on YouTube, please do so. We're... Uh, We've just hit 10,500 subscribers. Let's keep that going. We've got around about 7,000 as well on the audio platforms too. So uh, the show is constantly growing. Let's try and get to 20,000 subscribers across the multiple platforms um, as soon as possible. That would be great. Uh, PAVFC says, um, bring in signings or squad, or is the squad fixable internally? I think it needs both. Um, I think that the squad could be achieving more than it currently is with some internal tweaks but I do think we need signings as well to get closer to, to where we need to be in terms of challenging uh, for those European places thank you very much as well mate for your very kind donation um gonna keep going through the comments I'm gonna skip through uh, a few guys just because I'm running out of time uh just gonna pick a couple more out before we lock off so I apologize if I do miss um uh, apologize if I do miss your comment um, I will be sure to pick those up on the next program. Make sure you chuck some of those in for me as well. Um, next time around, let's see. Uh, just going to pick a few at random. While I'm doing that, let me know in the live chat where you're listening from, and I'll give you guys a shout out. It's always nice to um, it's always nice to know where you guys are tuning in from. Uh, let's pick out 
This one from Hola Donkey. The problem with Arteta is that he plays the wrong players and is willing to sell keepers. Obviously, uh, Roberto Martinez left the club um, in the summer. Um, Vlodko Star says, don't you think it's a plan to show owners what could happen if they don't spend big in January? No, I, I, this cannot be a plan. Arsenal to be in 15th place in the Premier League cannot be uh, any plan, in my opinion. It's um, it's a shit situation to be in. Uh, we're in dire straits at the moment and um, we need to... Um, we need to we need to really buck up our ideas because if we don't, um, you know things could get nasty very quickly, and Mikel could be out on his ass uh, before you know it. And and I think we can all agree, well maybe not all agree. I don't want to see that happen to Mikel. I I, I want him to succeed. I, I I'm not sure he will now, um, if I'm being brutally honest. But I do want him to. So obviously I don't want to see him sacked. I'd, I'd prefer that the results turned around and that the results were back on track um, rather than him being sacked. But, you know, it's not it's not got to that point for me yet where I'm sitting here saying, and I don't think it should ever get to that point as a fan, but there are points where you look at performances, you look at particular games and you go, do you know what? If we lose that, but it means he's gone, then then I'll, I, I'm not going to accept it, but I'll be less bothered by it. I do think I got to that point with Unai Emery at one stage. Um, and and I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that. But with Mikel, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not there yet. And I'm not there yet because I think that there is so much work that needs to be done in other areas of the club as well that it's harsh to point all the blame at him as well. And we can have a go at him for being inexperienced, but we also got to understand that he was the, the club chose him. The club selected him. Uh, big hello to Alan joining us from Qatar. Uh, Mr. Bungle is in Southampton. Uh, AM is in Eritrea. Uh, Fatality DMB is in West London. Um, so big shout out to all of you guys um, as well. Right, that brings me to the end of today's stream. We'll be back tomorrow with a couple of shows, actually. So we'll be bringing you one uh, in the morning. So stay tuned for that. I'll be going live at 10 a.m. Uh, so come and join me for that. And we'll be going live after the Carabao Cup tie against Manchester City. So come and join me for that one as well. Turn your notifications on if you haven't already. That way you'll never miss a show. If you're listening on the audio, don't forget to leave us a review. And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care and enjoy your evening. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.